Welcome back to another episode of the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. Corey Jason, Dylan Mel, John Pauline in his Take October shirt. John, loving birthday red, present. Red October. We're going to get into that. Phillies are taking on the Diamondbacks. It's a four versus six seed matchup. Astros, the two, the only top seeded team left versus the Rangers, the five, a nice interdivision matchup. Best of seven series in the championship round. A lot of fun stuff. These are really where games get going and good, and the series become classics. We've been hearing a lot about a format issue in the playoffs. You know, the Orioles, the Dodgers, the Braves, all the teams that got a bye week, all basically just got their butts kicked because they had a week off, and, you know, that kind of got them, you know, to hit a snag. They weren't warm. They were cold. Personally, I believe that's a uh, crock of poop because it's baseball. Get over it. If you're cold, that means you weren't practicing and playing well enough during that break. Also, you've earned that by what what do you want to do? You want your bullpen to not be well rested? Do you not want to be able to line up your top starters and really set yourself up? That's a lack of preparation and lack of mental toughness to go cold after a week off, after you played 162 games over the course of a few months. Uh, it's just an excuse, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think, but to me, it's just an excuse that you got kicked out of the playoffs, that you weren't good enough. Yeah, you, you know what? Boo-hoo. That, that's what I got to say to any top seed that's complaining that they lost. Because, you know, you didn't hear about this in the old format when the one seed was getting the buy and the wild card was that way. Um, And you don't hear about it in other sports. In the NFL, look what happened in the Super Bowl last year. Chiefs and Eagles made the Super Bowl. They both got the buys. Um, Obviously, it doesn't happen in the NBA, but now there's a play-in. And Miami went, and the Nuggets went. So, you know, the correct team with the correct preparation can go from anywhere. This is just a classic case of, in the NL, Two choke artists complaining, trying to find another excuse for a reason that they couldn't get it done in the playoffs again. And for Baltimore, this is a case of a young team who had no playoff experience getting to the moment, and it proved to be a little big for them. And it's cool. It happens. Nobody, maybe John only, but expected Baltimore to be a one seed this year, win 100 games, and go this far in terms of winning an AL East. So this year is a success for Baltimore. I get it. It sucks. But when you face a team like the Rangers, whose bats, when they get hot, they're nearly unbeatable. This can happen. But for those NL teams, Braves and Dodgers, this just tells me that they're not going to be better. Because you got to be able to look in yourself in the mirror and say, why every year are we so good through 162 and then blow it? to these playoff teams because it doesn't matter who it is Phillies Diamondbacks go back a couple years Cardinals it doesn't matter this team both of them they're just not built for playoff baseball mentally and that's why they lose I mean I gotta agree with Dylan a little bit I know last week I was saying that five days off hurts them a little bit I still think it does a little bit but I mean if you're not in rhythm after that first game, especially after the second game, and you're still out there and you're still cold and out of rhythm after two games. I mean, you're professional baseball players. This is your job. And if you can't get back in rhythm after that first or second game and you're still cold, I, I mean, then that's on you. 
It's and I don't know how these guys get out of rhythm at this point. It's over and over again for the Braves yeah. and Dodgers. You'd think you'd figure out a way to you stay in rhythm. You don't hear them complaining after the All-Star break that they had a few days off and they were out of rhythm? No, it's just because they lost in the playoffs, especially the Braves. And lost yeah. like A lot of the, lost the playoffs teams that they shouldn't have lost to. We're going to get into the Braves, too, because I think there's a larger issue with that team that you know people are starting to see now. But sticking with the playoff format, do you guys think there's too many teams, though? And what would be your perfect playoff format? Because we've seen a few over the last 15, 20 years. Baseball's still searching for it. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next 10 years we actually see more teams added to the playoffs as the league expands. What would be your perfect format, and how would you change it if they do add another two teams to make it a full 32? Yeah, I... I think that the current format with seven teams isn't bad. Um, the one thing that I would change is the way that the seeding works. I don't think that necessarily the division winners need to be the higher seeds or need to even be in. You know, from a fan viewing perspective, I get it. If you're a Twins fan, this is going to hurt your feelings. But I much rather would have seen Seattle in this year than Minnesota. I know that they won their wild card series, but I still think that overall the Mariners were a better team and they were built for a postseason run that we just didn't get to see. Um, so that's like the change that I would make probably just I'd rather the seeding just be based solely on record. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, like we saw with the AL East this year, uber competitive five teams that really all could have probably made the playoffs if they were in the central and none of, you know, Three of them or two of them miss out, and then the three of them don't win a single game. That's kind of hilarious. Last but, AL East team to win a playoff game was the Yankees. Yeah. I just, for me personally, as a viewing perspective, I would like to see it based on record, the seeding. Um, but it's the same way in the NFL, the division winners. I don't think it's changing, but that's what I would change. I kind of think it's good the way it is right now. I mean, I, I think they hit the sweet spot here. I mean, I think there's just enough teams and stuff, and I think adding that extra team, you know, like really helped at the end of the, the season with making it like – because it's like a lot of teams were not eliminated, like I said last week, until like the very, very end of the season. So I, I think you hit the sweet spot there. I think adding any more teams would kind of like water down the playoffs a little yeah, more I than you want. I agree. I Because what would be the games then for each series? Would it be a three-game set in the first round, or would it be a one-game set? I mean, because imagine it's a one-game set, and then your one-seed Braves lose to the eight-seed Cincinnati Reds. What happens then? Chaos. <laughs> That's exactly. So I think right now, I think you have a sweet spot where, like, most of the teams there kind of deserve – like, they deserve to be there, like, one way or another. There might be one or two snubs, but that happens in every sport. And it's like you can't just let everyone, you know, be in the playoffs. Then it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, everybody that's yeah. in, everybody that was in this year, you can't deny that they should have been there because before the playoffs started, nobody was saying that the Blue Jays shouldn't have been in. Yeah. And the only wow. team that people were saying <laughs> shouldn't have been in is maybe the Marlins or Diamondbacks, but the Diamondbacks are in the CS and the yeah. Marlins put up a decent fight. If, for me, Dylan, the way you put the playoffs, the only way I can see that ever working is if you get rid of ALNL, you get rid of divisions and go to a strict East-West conference, because to me, that's the only way that's a viable option. And personally, I don't like it. I'm a bit of a baseball purist. I like things to be consistent historically. I like the ALNL. I like the ALDH, NL, no DH. 
that's never going to happen again. And I'm coming, I've come to terms with it. I like the divisions the way they are. And eventually that's not going to happen. That's going to change. We are moving towards an East West, no AL, no NL type split, which is a travesty in my mind. I think, I think for me, at least there should be a division realignment with the way that the competition is. I mean, then, hopefully like, one day it switches out, but man, for my whole life, good, you know, my the, only a, response though, because the whole like, AL Central's just sucked my whole life besides the Tigers yeah, for a stretch. <laughs> the Tiger, it's just get good. Like they all have the opportunity. It's just their ownership and their front office. You can't punish other teams in other divisions. You have the the two east you are. division. You have the two eastern divisions, right? AL and NL East have historically been amazing. The NL West has always been great. The NL Central hit or miss each year. You had a couple. The Brewers have been good recently. The Cardinals have historically been great. The Pirates have had their stretches. The Reds, not so much. The Cubs obviously won that World Series, but they've always been, you know, not really a team that you put at the forefront of great competition. It's just one of those things where. You can't realign and get rid of some of those, some of those really close uh, competition and the, the rivalries. Like when you realign, are you going to get rid of you know, Braves Mets because the Braves are too far south and they would make, they'd be great for a southern competition. Yankees Blue Jays has become a pretty good rivalry over the last decade or so. They're still pretty close. I feel like they put them in the same. No, the Blue Jays. If you look at most realignment stuff, would be in the central based off where Toronto is and based on how many teams are in that close area. Do we really want to see the Yankees and Mets in the same division? I feel like when they play so few times a year, it really makes that series pop and really exciting in the city. Yeah. I mean, the realignment doesn't need to happen for the playoff. No, but I mentioned to me, I think that's the only way I can mentally justify it because when you have divisions, the division winners need to be in it. And they deserve that top seed based off just beating their division. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, they were the ones that. I don't think it'll change them for playing the team. I I don't think that will change re- soon, but format wise, I think there's way too many teams in the playoffs. I liked it when it was three division winners, one wild card team, and it kind of grew on me that one game wild card between the four and the five seed being at Yankee Stadium when they played the Oakland A's in that wild card game where. Judge hits that home run. Severino bounces back, lights out. Danny Echevarria jumping up 50 feet in the air to make a catch at third base. That one game, you know, win or go home, do or die. It's an incredible atmosphere. And I think they've watered down the playoffs by getting rid of that. I think the sweet spot could be meeting in the middle with six teams and having the top two division winners get buys and the whoever's the third division winner, they're in a wild card series now. I think that's kind of what it was, right? It was you had the four teams and then five and six were the uh, the the wild card game, I believe. I think you're right. Yeah, and, I would prefer it as one and two get buys and then three yeah. and six is a wild card game and so is four and five and then keep it moving. Yeah, I think that's fine. Although, again, the one game wild card was really fun. Yeah, but they're never going back to that because no, you make not. a lot more money off of advertisements with three game series than one. You do. It just sucks that money makes the decisions and not actual product on the field. Because there's a lot of things that would change if the product in every sport, though, nowadays uh, it is. And it's, you know, it's like yelling into the void, complaining about it. But I think seven teams, I think that's just way too many. 
even if we expand to 32 teams, I don't think you can add more teams. It waters it down. At the end of the day, the Blue Jays, the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, they didn't all deserve to make the playoffs. Even though the Diamondbacks are in it now, they got hot at the right time, and that's great. But it doesn't disprove the point of too many teams in the playoffs. And the reason that there are so many teams in is because they want the advertising money. They want the money from the stadiums and all that. So to me, it just it waters it down. I think there's too many teams in most playoffs. Dylan, NBA, a lot of teams make the playoffs, including the play-in, right? It's like 10 teams, 11 teams or something. Yeah, so the way that the play-in works is eight versus nine. Um, I'm sorry, seven versus eight, nine versus 10. Winner of nine versus 10 plays loser of seven versus eight. So it ends up being eight teams still, but there is the play-in now. Right. I actually, many- actually kind of like the play-in. But how um, many teams don't make the play-in? And don't make the playoffs. Let's say there's 10 teams that make so it. Eight, eight teams make the playoffs, seven miss. So more than half of your conference is in the playoffs. And to me, that's just too much. You shouldn't have half the teams that play in each conference make the playoffs. Yeah. I, with how much talent is in the NBA right now, I disagree, but the NBA is headed towards an expansion. Yeah. So we'll see uh, if anything changes there. Now, the, the NFL playoff expansion is the only one I support because I think that does make it more fun and add a bit because there's so much competition in the NFL. I think that is a good thing. And I don't think it waters it down because the better teams do still end up winning. And that is what's most important is the best teams win. Yeah. Now going on to one of the DS games, I really want to talk about the attaboy Harper situation. John just got really excited. Just really excited. So basically just to paint the picture, Castellanos is up. Harper on first base, 5-4, Braves up on the Phillies, ninth inning. Castellanos hits the ball really deep to center field. Looks like it might go for extra bases. Harper being the tying run, being a really smart baseball mind and a really great base runner, takes off, rounds second base, and by the time he rounds second base, Michael Harris makes an amazing catch at the wall, throws the ball to the infield as Harper's retreating back to first, Blows off both cutoff men, but Austin Riley makes an incredible play to get it to Matt Olson at first base and get Harper. Ends the game. Phillies lose to the Braves in game two. Series tied 1-1. A massive, massive play for the Braves. Could have been series shifting. That could have taken all the wind out of the sail of the Phillies. Could have ended Red October. But then in the locker room after the game, the Braves are celebrating as they should. And Orlando Arcia, the brave shortstop, just keeps chirping and laughing. Attaboy, Harper. Attaboy. I'm just making fun of him for not even a boneheaded mistake, just a really aggressive move that didn't work out. But if it did, we'd all be cheering it. Like, it, it wasn't a bad decision by Harper. It was unlucky, and it didn't work out, but it, it wasn't stupid. And Jake Mintz of Cespedes Family Barbecue an actual baseball writer in good standing with the Baseball Writers Association was in the locker room and reported that Arcia was making those comments. Now, my question is, what do you think of Arcia's comments? Do you have any, do you care? And also, was Mintz in the wrong or did he have every right to report on what was going on in a place that he was allowed to be in? Yeah, here's what I'll say. Um, For Arcia's comments, listen, 
we all would have made them the same way if we were in that locker room when you're with your buddies and somebody even one of your friends in fantasy football makes a boneheaded move you you make fun of them a little bit um and i get it arcia obviously philly got to him in game four if you saw those videos which was hilarious but for that journalist was he in the wrong yes and no I'm going to say no, because again, you're there, you have media credentials, you get to report whatever's in there. But I'm going to say yes, if you want to have a good relationship with the team, because I promise you, those players aren't giving you the scoop, that manager isn't giving you the scoop, and you're not going to get great quality answers. I think that's kind of a Noah time and place situation, and I felt like the writer did not know the time and place. It seems like that's something that should stay in the locker room and you should respect the sanctity of the locker room if you are in that culture. So ethically, probably not, but could he do it? Sure. What I have to say about it, though, is, I mean, you got to be kind of smarter. I mean, there's reporters in the locker room. And, you know, my dad, what my dad always says is don't say stuff about people if you don't want it because it's going to get back to them eventually. So if you don't want him to hear about it, don't 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 say it. Yeah, I mean he's got to be smarter. I mean honestly, yeah. I, all all that's on Arcia, that you got to be smarter. I mean you can say this stuff and the reporters are gone and everything, and it's just them in the locker room by them like you know just the team. They say whatever you want, but you still even then you got to be conscious that stuff gets back to people. Yeah, I mean I I agree I mean, with you, John. But here's here's the thing, for that reporter. His job is on the basis now of getting information from these players, getting quotes from these players. And now you've lost that locker room all to get out an attaboy quote that isn't going to change anything in terms of your career. And should RC have known the risk? Absolutely. But here's what I'll say. If we were off the pod, right, and you thought, oh, Dylan was a complete a-hole today, and you told Corey and strictly Corey, and then I come on next week and say, yo, John, why are you calling me an a-hole? Are you going to trust Corey with information from now on? Corey had every right yeah. to tell me, but now that severed that relationship. But that goes back to my point is don't say stuff about people if, you do, if you're not ready for it to get back to them. Right, but if Corey yeah. wants you to trust him and it's Corey's job relies on you telling him things, he probably shouldn't go around spilling things that he knows you wouldn't want out. That reporter knew that that's not something that the Braves organization would want out. You don't yeah. want to add a fuel to Bryce Harper's fire. He knew that, and he put it out there. I think for me, having been in locker rooms, having been in that position, for one, Jake Mintz says to his family barbecue, that's a Mets-centric entity. He's a Mets fan, him and his brother. They don't care about the Phillies. They, they create more fun content. Not that he's not a actual reporter, but he doesn't typically need to go into locker rooms during the season. Hurting the relationship with the Braves doesn't really affect his job too much. And again, he's not the only reporter in there. There were others in there. He wasn't going out of his way. Arcia didn't say it on the record or off the record, although everything is on the record when you're in the locker room and the reporters around. Arcia should have known that better. I don't think Arcia would have cared if it didn't create such a stir in the Phillies locker room. Don't give other teams bulletin board material. It goes back to Garcia was being a bit of a dick. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not, but he was. He knew he was, and he it got it got to him when Philly fans were getting to him later in the series. 
Now, what Mintz could have done is double-checked with Arcia, said, hey, you know, I heard you say this. I plan on publishing it. Is there any – do you want to give me some context? I'm going to publish it, but do you want to give me some context to kind of – And who knows? Maybe he did, and Arcia yeah. declined. In that case, then you can have no, you know, ill will towards Mintz at that point because he did his job. He double-checked. It's just a – it's a stupid situation. We saw it with the Astros, right, when they were celebrating – Justin Verlander came out and said, you know, I don't care what you report. It's in the locker room. There are reporters here. It's all on the table, right? If yeah, there are reporters. Some nerve coming from the Astros. Yes. <laughs> I got some th- thoughts on them later when we preview the CS series with them and the Rangers. But I think the journalistic integrity part of it, I think Mint is in the clear regardless. It sucks that it happened and it's causing such a big issue. But it also, I think it's helping him because now more people know who he is. Like, did you guys know about Cespedes Family Barbecue before this? I didn't know about him until you mentioned it. Right. Like, I knew them because they're more of a New York area centric account. They do they a lot. They do a lot of stuff with the minor leagues around the area with the Mets. Again, Cespedes, Joanna Cespedes. So I know them based off just of the area because I follow teams that they would do stuff on mm-hmm. but now they kind of exploded you know countrywide league-wide so i think this is actually a good thing no such thing as bad press right it's just one of those things where Arcia just needs to think Arcia probably should come out and apologize to braves fans because you just can't be giving especially in a series like this against a team that you know well bulletin board material yeah something tells me that yeah, just like the not Yankees. a mature guy like the Yankees playing, you know, New York, New York in the Red Sox locker room in 2018. You cannot do that. You cannot, against a heated rival, give them material to rally around because they already hate you. You don't need to give them more of a reason. And, you know, I think this might have been the issue with the Braves is they're all very immature. They've won a lot really quickly, and they won't accept being humbled. And that's going to cause issues, I think, next year and further because they aren't they aren't taking that step back. The Astros, for what it's worth, that cheating scandal did humble them a bit. Now, not every player got humbled, Correa, but Altuve certainly did. And I think that made them a better team for it. They rallied around this common issue, took a step back, and was able to move forward. The Braves need to take this issue kind of take a deep look at themselves and how their roster is and how they're reacting. You get guys like Travis Darno making comments about it now, like let it go in the past, stop harping on the issue, get humble, you know, and go win it next year. Don't use this as a rallying cry and play the victim. Use this as an opportunity to, you know, better yourselves and not give other teams issues to reasons to hate you because you're a really good team. Now, Let's get into the the series. I spoke about Houston before. They're playing the Rangers. A nice interdivision matchup. The Astros were nine and four against the Rangers this season, and they're thirteen games played. It's not that's a pretty good uh, cushion that the Astros uh, have on them. I personally think Houston's going to win this series in five. I just think Houston is the most consistent and best team built in this playoffs. They just have everything, and I hate it. I think Jordan Alvarez is going to win the CS MVP. We saw how he did against the, the Twins. 
We saw how he's done in the playoffs. I think Jordan is a top three hitter in baseball, and I don't even think it's debatable. His his combination of power and average contact might not be the fastest guy, but he can hit. He can get on base. He will walk. I think he's one of the most underrated players in all of baseball. And I think he wins this CS MVP again. I think Astros in five. I just don't think the uh, the Rangers bats can compete. Yeah, I'll say this. Over the last two postseasons, Jordan Alvarez has shut and closed the door that he is the player that you want in the AL. That is the guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, versus the Twins, 438 batting average, four home runs. Dude was on another level. As well for the Astros, Jose Abreu, you know, when they signed him, in the offseason, everybody thought, wow, that's a huge move. And then he stunk it up to start the regular season. All of a sudden, the playoffs come around, and he looks like the guy that they signed. That's scary. However, you mentioned the Astros are their most consistent team. They are clear level, for sure. The Rangers have been a roller coaster this year. How Right now, though, they feel like they're on the up. That lineup is hitting like crazy Adolis Garcia, he's got that Jose Bautista in him with that bat flip. And, you know, maybe it's because I'm a Yankees fan and I'm picking my heart, but I think the Rangers are riding a high right now. And I think when it comes to pitching, you could make the argument that it is in the Rangers' favor. The way that bullpen's performed and Montgomery, Eovaldi, they looked great versus Baltimore. I got two words for you, Dylan. Aroldis Chapman. Yeah, I, listen, he's not in a Yankee uniform anymore, and suddenly he's good. We've seen it a lot. Chapman versus the Astros. Jose Altuve. We've no seen more trash cans. No more trash cans. We've seen it too many times. And Smile. Max, Scher- Max Scherzer may be back in this series. I, I'm going with the Rangers in six, but I think we will very quickly know in game one of this series what we're looking at. I, if the I Astros agree. come out and kick their butts it's over now who's your mvp pick it's Corey seager Corey Corey seager is my mvp i think in these big spots you need those big time players that you got to step up seager's got the postseason experience i don't think the moment's too bright for him and i think he'll get the job done i'm i'm agreeing with uh dylan on everything except the uh series uh, mvp i mean i got the rangers i think they are just I think they're hotter than the Astros right now. I think I think they want it more than the Astros. I think they're going to go in there and I think they're going to want I think they're going to want to win more. I think they have like more to prove. I feel like they, you know, I, I think I think they're going to go in. I think they're going to hot. I think they're just going to I think they're going to win win in 6 and I think Adolius Garcia is going to be the the MVP. I think he's just I think his power is just going to come in and he's going to hit a bunch of home runs. This feels very little brother versus big brother. Yeah. And the yeah. Rangers have the chip on their shoulder. And the Astros, exactly. like Verlander said, seven straight times. Is there a point where the foot gets let off the gas and a younger, more motivated team comes in and takes it? We'll see. Now let's flip it, though. You guys think the the Rangers are going to win it? I think the Houston. Who do you think if the Astros win this series will be the MVP? Who's the guy they will rally around? For me, if the Rangers win, I think it's going to be Jonah Heim. An incredible catcher, vastly underrated, great arm, great game calling, and a very under-the-radar bat. I think he will come up clutch in big situations. I got a shock one for you. 
I think if the Astros win the series, it'll be because they know how to close out games. I'm going to go Ryan Presley. I think he'll get a save or two in the series, shut down the Rangers bats in the ninth inning and close the door on games. I love it. I'm going to go easy. I think it's going to be Altuve. I think it's just, you know, your, your guy, you know, he's going to come up big. He's going to get the, you know, the big plays when you need them. You're using big a lot, John. For Altuve. For Altuve. <laughs> he's not used to that. No. <laughs> Got a big bat, though. <laughs> I, I I agree, though, John. I think that's a very good pick. It's a, Sometimes the most obvious pick is the right pick, and Altuve, we've seen in the postseason, has been incredible. Now going on to the pod favorite series, I would say. Arizona Diamondbacks versus the Philadelphia Phillies. Personally, I think the Red October keeps going and we get a World Series rematch. I think the Phillies win in six. The Diamondbacks are a very chippy team, very, a very good team at being able to keep themselves in games. I think Bryce Harper, I think this is his this is his postseason. I think he wins this MVP. I think he's the one that just carries this series. Philly, by the way, then there's seven games versus Arizona. Four and three on the year. So very evenly matched. Do you guys know when the last time we saw a World Series rematch was? In back-to-back years? hmm Oh, had it been like Yankees and Dodgers in the 50s or something. Yankees and Dodgers, 77-78. No, almost 50 years. So Astros really got, got the, the shot. Right. Yeah, the, the team's, team's right. Team's right. <laughs> 20 years uh, ahead of time, but, you know, Yankees-Dodgers was a good bet, I suppose. <laughs> They've been good for a while. Yeah, um, those two teams have been. Yeah, I I think the clock has struck midnight on Cinderella. Uh, the Diamondbacks, they don't have the pitching to keep up with Philadelphia. The, the Phillies team is so constructed for postseason. They can kill you one through eight in the batting order. And we've seen that Rojas, you know, there's a reason he's out there in that fielding uh, position. I'm going to go with Trey Turner for my MVP. I think the Phillies win in five. And I think Trey Turner doesn't win the World Series MVP if they win. But I think this is his moment. Um, Comes full circle. Trey Turner off to the slow start. Philly rallies behind him. And then he plays outstanding in the CS and gets them back to the World Series. I mean, I'm going with, I mean, I have to go with Phillies. I'm saying. <laughs> you don't have to. I'm not. I'm going. I mean, I have to. I mean, And John has selected the Diamondbacks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to say Phillies in five. I mean, Diamondbacks are hot and stuff, but I think Phillies just, ha- I mean, they're both hot teams. I mean, I think Diamondbacks put up 30 runs in the playoffs so far, and the Phillies only put up, like, I think the third, like 14, I think, or something. Yeah, that 11 so, run game versus the Dodgers helped. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's it's crazy. And you look at it, but I think they're they're like pretty, like all the, the stats are like evenly matched. But I think the Phillies just they're they're better. They got home field advantage. They've been there before. They've been there before. What's uh, Philly 25 and 11, 26 and 11 in their last however many home it's playoff insane. games? It's insane. Who's your MVP? My MVP, Harper. I think he's. I think Harper is an easy one. I was. I, I almost. I almost had Turner there, but I. I'll go with Harper because he's this team's leader. He's. He's their leader. He's like you know. He leads on the field. Leads in the clubhouse. He you know comes up you know clutch in these in these like you know make or break moments. Like he's just he puts the team on his back when he needs to. 
you know, he lets other guys play, you know, when he, when other guy, when he, when he lets other guys have big moments, I think team player leader, I think he's, he's, he's easy, easy pick for MVP for this series. If Philly wins it, I really hope it's Nick Castellano. So we could see yeah. another interview there. <laughs> yeah. I F with Philly. <laughs> Castellanos is awesome, but let's flip it around. John, I know you don't want to hear this, but if the Diamondbacks do win, who are they winning on the back of? And I think it's going to be Zach Gallon. Pitching will be the reason why the Diamondbacks would win this. And Gallon being able to shut down the Phillies offense, having, let's say, two starts in the series, that would be a really big reason why the Diamondbacks would win this. Yeah, I mean, the easy choice is Corbin Carroll, right? If it's going to be, it's going to be at this rookie in his bat, 412 so far in the postseason. That's nothing to scoff at. But I, I don't know. I want to go with something a little different. And I think if they're going to win, it's going to be at power. I think there's going to be some home runs hit for this team. And I'm going to go with Lourdes Gurriel. If the Diamondbacks win, I think he's going to hit a big three-run shot, a grand slam or something in a pivotal game that's going to give them the edge. I think I'm going to go with the uh, pitching with uh, with Corey there and say Zach Allen because I think what the Diamondbacks need to do is they kind of need to silence the Phillies' offense. And if they if they aren't winning, that's what they need to do. So they got to look up for their pitchers to step up, and Zach Allen is that guy. Yeah, but again, we can't discount Corbin Carroll. Dylan, you were well, saying I mean, it. Corbin Carroll, as a rookie, doesn't portray himself as a rookie. He's somebody who was able to take all this pressure, being the most highly touted rookie to come up this season, you know, running away with rookie of the year, I believe. He's somebody that's really stabilized this Diamondbacks team and really took them from a team nobody thought would go anywhere to kind of being the Orioles' counterpart in the National League and then going beyond that and getting to the CS. A young team you would hope would be able to get back here sooner than later as a build. But Carroll's offense and his defensive capability, a true five-tool player, he's somebody that could really carry this. But that's going to do it for us here. You know, we got other great stuff coming along, football, hockey. As always, Colts Report Weekly, every Tuesday with Ryan Balliot. Just a great segment. Love listening about the Colts and my soon favorite player, Anthony Richardson. Wanted the Giants to draft him if Jones didn't ball out last year. Didn't get my way. Do you ever as a Giants fan? No. Well, (laughs) we finally got a left tackle. That's always hurt. So there's that. But, uh, you know, a lot of good stuff. Again, football, full swing now. Hockey's coming along. We've been there. Keep it tuned in. Get outsidersports.net for the website. See our rankings. See some stuff there. Twitter, Outsidersports3. YouTube, TikTok. Just search up Outsidersports. Check us out. Keep it locked here at Outsidersports.